0: This is the Yahoo Finance Sportsbook Podcast. Business of football.
1: Welcome to Week 6, Episode 6, in our special six-part series on the business of football. I'm Dan Roberts. Boy, when we set out to do a podcast on the business of the league, the biggest American sports property, before the season started, we didn't even know what a political hotbed it would become. Uh, Arguably, this was already the case for the NFL last season, which had a uh, massive ratings decline amidst the presidential election cycle and the distraction of politics. But now, more than ever, the NFL is really at the center of political controversy. And boy, if you just look at the headlines of the last few weeks for news about the NFL, it's all bad. Uh, Not just President Trump tweeting endlessly about the NFL and its policies, but now Vice President Mike Pence getting involved, and uh, ESPN being accused of getting too political, which really is not unrelated to what's going on in the NFL and not unrelated to football. The two often go hand in hand. Uh, so with all of this going on, the question that you have to ask is whether anything will change for the $14 billion property that is America's pastime. Certainly it's not baseball, it is football. And you wonder as you look to the next five to 10 years, what will be the biggest factor that initiates change for the NFL and will the change be big enough that the NFL loses its footing as the top dog in American sports. So over the course of this podcast, we've spoken to a number of experts and guests on various parts of the NFL's business. And the truth is right now, week six of this current 2017 season, they are all converging in, I think, a fascinating way. Uh, We heard from Barstool Sports CEO, Eric Nardini, about the changing way that the media covers pro sports leagues. We talked about the fragmentation there, uh, the disintermediation, and the fact that athletes now send out their own news themselves, and the fact that websites are starting to look more and more like each other, news websites, and the differentiation is uh, eroding, and how that's going to change, and the best way to cover a league like the NFL. We talked about why and how the NFL dominates the news cycle all year long. Uh, We talked about how fantasy and the fantasy business has helped spur the league's popularity, but also has brought various controversies. You know, is it gambling? Uh, The rise of potentially sports betting law changes. We talked with Andy Zimbalist about stadium financing and how it is that teams building new stadiums often manage to get public subsidies and help uh, for financing those stadiums and why certain counties believe that it's gonna benefit their local economy to have an NFL stadium, and of course, As Professor Zimblis said, it often doesn't benefit the economy. It's been, quote, overblown. And we've talked to two advertising and branding experts that work with NFL sponsors and advertisers, and we've learned that the advertisers are nervous. Uh, They do monitor all of this closely, the political controversy and the ratings dip, and they're worried, but they almost never walk away. Why would they? Uh, As Elizabeth Lindsay said, quote, football is football. So if you put all this together, what do you have? you have a number of headwinds, strong headwinds against the NFL's $14 billion business, strong suggestions that at some point in the future, the NFL might, might lose its footing a little bit as the top dog in American sports. So the question is, will that happen? Will all of this add up? Or will it amount to just noise? And two years from now, will we look back on this and just remember this as an interesting, uh, murky, messy season in the NFL's history, much as we do with the Ray Rice uh, domestic violence issue a few seasons back? Where will it go? For today's episode, I was joined by my own colleagues, Rick Newman and Miles Udland, to discuss the future of the league and especially the balance of power – Uh, We know that the hidden power of the NFL is the team owners. They're the ones that pull the strings. And as the political controversy increases, it's all falling on the owners to deal with. So how is that going to change the outlook for the next few seasons? The NFL might take a hit in
2: terms of, it might take a sustained hit in terms of ratings, which at some point will affect revenue. But then you have to ask the so what question. So what?
1: That was Rick Newman. Rick Newman. Uh, who covers politics and finance for us at Yahoo Finance. So as we talk about the teams and the team owners, and the big picture is that the vast majority of the NFL teams have stayed in the family. They are family-owned businesses that have been handed down. Families like the Maras, the Rooneys, the Crafts, the Glazers, the Pagoulas. Uh, so the reason that's important to the business of the NFL is that a lot has remained unchanged. There is a way that things work in the league, protect the shield, the integrity of the game, there are committees, there are people who run various committees, and we know that a select few owners, uh, an inner cadre of owners, really are the true power brokers of the league. Uh, Jerry Jones, widely thought to be the most influential owner. Uh, You'll hear Miles Udland call him the business face of the league. Bob Kraft, I'd put right there too, uh, thought to be the one who has the most influence on the other owners, the Patriots owner. Uh, And as I said, I don't think the average fan knows that many of the owners, but I do think that more people widely know more NFL owners than they do with any other sport. Uh, More people can name NFL owners than they can NBA or MLB owners. Uh, They know maybe about Stan Kroenke, who moved the Rams out of St. Louis and, you know, is probably widely hated in St. Louis now. They know about Jim Irsay, the Colts owner. They might know about the Roonies and the Maras. They know that Microsoft executive Paul Allen owns the Seahawks. Uh, They might know about Dan Snyder because of the negative press around his refusal to change the Redskins' name. They also probably forget, or I think a lot of fans just don't realize to begin with, that Roger Goodell, the commissioner in the face of the league, works for the owners. That is his job, is to do what the owners want. So the question is, will any of the owners step up to try to do something about the brewing political controversy this season? That's A, and then B, what can the owners do to stop or slow or pump the brakes on all of the different factors that we've discussed on this podcast that are affecting the NFL's business? You know, this season we are hyper focused on politics. Yes. And on President Trump and on all of that. But there are things that have nothing to do with politics that threaten the NFL's business in the future. The fragmentation of cable, uh, the short attention spans of Americans, the growth of more distractions than ever before. Many people. They're just tuning out because they think the games aren't as good. Uh, There are other sports nipping at the heels. There's the NBA. There's the rise of the popularity of international soccer in America. And, you know, there's also just the fact that Netflix and HBO Go and Hulu and Amazon and Apple are doing more original programming than ever before. And they're winning awards for it. And people are fascinated by these cultural events, arguably. Football is no longer the top cultural event. It's something like Game of Thrones or Stranger Things. And so what can the owners, who again, I want to stress, hold the power in the NFL, what can the owners do to uh, stanch the bleeding? Unless you think the bleeding is overblown. Unless you think, as some of our experts have said on this podcast, that really we can talk about change all day, but it's sort of like things change, uh, things stay the same. Uh, You know, the the argument is that the NFL isn't going anywhere, it is not going to lose its status, and that 10 years from now, the NFL will still be the top sports property in America. What do you think? Uh, We're about to discuss it. All right, I'm joined by my Yahoo Finance colleagues, Miles Udland, our markets reporter and a New Jersey-born New York Giants fan. Sadly. Uh Uh-huh. Especially this season. Yes. And Rick Newman, our politics and finance reporter and writer and a big, big Steelers fan. Even this year. Even this year. Another unfortunate season. So I wanted to get both of you in here for our final of this six-part series to look at the balance of power in the NFL. And as we record this, we're heading into week six. And what better time to be talking about this as President Trump continues his uh, war of words, I call it, on the league, uh, and as owners have really come into the story, Uh, specifically the way that each owner is reacting and choosing to handle this ongoing controversy over allowing players to kneel or protest during the National Anthem, telling them not to, standing or kneeling with them, linking arms. It's been interesting to see every team's uh, different reaction. And then, of course, Vice President Pence entering the story by attending a Colts 49ers game Standing during the anthem, hand over heart, and then shortly after the anthem, leaving and tweeting, I left the Colts game because I don't want to be at any event that disrespects our flag, our soldiers, and our anthem. So, with all that being said, uh, Rick, let's start with you. Short rewind. You wrote a great piece recently. You argued that the NFL will defeat Trump. Defeat meaning weather this storm, continue unscathed. And I agreed with you, except at one point in your piece you said all of this will peter out in the next few weeks. That was already two weeks ago. Uh, I don't think it will peter out. I think this will last all season. Have you changed your view? It might go on longer
2: than I originally thought, but I think Trump is looking sort of desperate, to tell you the truth. I thought the Mike Pence stunt was kind of absurd. Look, everybody knew exactly what was going to happen. That was almost perfectly scripted, right? Uh Pence said, "You know, uh, the press kind of knew he was going to leave. If there's a single kneeling player, I'm walking out. We knew there was going to be a single kneeling player, at least on the 49ers side. 23 on the and he walked out. I mean, so uh, what is what else does Trump? What other tricks does Trump have in his bag? I mean, how he needs to. What's he going to do to sustain this? Uh, He, you know, the latest twist is Jerry Jones, the Dallas Cowboys owner, apparently." is going to bench any player now who doesn't uh, stand for the anthem but he's already got his whole team standing so they have sort of worked out this compromise where they kneel first then they stand that seems to appease all the players so that might not go anywhere so what's trump going to do next i mean he he made the latest thing is he tweeted this false accusation that the nfl gets these tax breaks that they actually don't get anymore so that's going nowhere Uh, What else does Trump have? And I just don't, I think think he just runs out of ammunition. Well,
1: keep hitting it, right? I mean, keep hitting it, keep hitting it. It's working, it's appealing to his base.
2: I think he's already getting diminishing returns. Probably anybody who is persuadable on this has been persuaded. It might take a sustained hit in terms of ratings, which at some point will affect revenue. But then you have to ask the so what question. So what? And then maybe for a little while the teams make a little less money, they'll be
0: fine. So... To specifically to the idea that Trump doesn't have any more tricks or that he has nothing else to do or that he is getting diminishing returns, I think the last two days of tweets show that he's getting increasing returns. He's now got Jerry Jones. And the owner of the most pro- the most prominent owner of the most prominent team in the NFL so Jones is by far in my opinion the public face of the business side of the NFL when you think of the owners I think you think of Jerry Jones he's got the brash Texan attitude he's got the accent he wears the loud jackets and he's now saying oh you know I talked to Trump and Trump said uh, you know he, he indicated this is coming from uh, ESPN's – or is it, is Chris Mortensen still work for ESPN uh, He indicated that he talked to Trump and read the rule book and said, you know what? Yeah, the players do have to stand for the anthem. You know, Jones does this thing two weeks ago, takes a knee, smiles at the camera, basically like, I got you now. And um, Trump is continuing to play on that theme. And so thinking about where does the balance of power lie, it Mm -hmm. seemed like maybe the players were asserting their ability to use this protest, to use, kind of take up Colin Kaepernick's platform to highlight um, issues of you know racial inequality in the country by kneeling before the anthem. And now I think Trump, along with the owners, has completely taken back the balance of power. Now it's back to discussing the business of the NFL. What's the future of the NFL? Trump is conflating the issues at ESPN with the NFL. Absolutely and I is. think he's going to continue to bring all these thing- things together very much the way he did during the campaign and continues to do to consolidate his position, effectively just as a bully of a league that – He doesn't really care about, although, as Dan, you've written a number of times, he sort of does because he tried to make the USFL happen. And he's always had a
1: bone to pick. Wanted uh, to buy the the Buffalo Bills, made a bid. So we've
0: seen this. uh, We've seen
2: this act before from Trump in various ways. He finds these touch points that rally his base, the sort of nationalist um, uh, movement or whatever you Mm -hmm. call it out there. Um, and we know that, that Nash, Trump's base is around 25 or 30 percent of the voting age population. Okay, so what's the overlap between the Trump base and the NFL? Uh, you know, maybe the Trump base is a little is overrepresented in the uh, people who are interested in pro football. Okay, but not all 25 or 30 or 30 percent of those people uh not all of the 25 or 30 percent are going to boycott the nfl and pra- in fact you could argue it's probably a minority of the trump base that would actually change their behavior in some way with regard to all of this so at, at the end of the day if even if this is a sustained uh campaign by trump that's sort of effective what haircut does that cause the nfl and my argument is let's say it causes a 10 percent haircut in revenue okay well, let's, and even that a is a long way off. Because yeah, even that's a long way it's off. It's worth
1: mentioning that so far it's gone up every season and there's no sign of slowing. It's even going hit that, $14 billion this even year. Even
2: if that happens, the NFL will be fine. And football fans will go on enjoying football and talking about football without the people who, for now, say they have permanently decided to back away from the NFL or they've lost interest for some reason. So I think the NFL is so popular and so rich, it can go, it can be, it'll be just fine
1: in a diminished state. It's worth reiterating, actually, what Elizabeth Lindsay, who's a partner at Wasserman and works with official NFL sponsors, said on this podcast in Episode 2, football is football. Uh, It sounds a little simplistic, but it's sort of your argument, Rick, that it's going to continue unfettered. Now, I want to go back to what Miles said, uh, mentioning the balance of power, and specifically you saying that Jerry Jones is the business face of the league which I think is certainly fair and defensible, but maybe not indisputable. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the different owners and, and which are the most prominent. We are talking about the business of the league on this podcast. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, estimated to hit $14 billion in revenue this year. Up, up, up. So it's sort of like, as Rick says, ratings be damned. Uh, the trajectory seems to be up, up, up. Now, on the ownership side, uh, I think that the average fan of a team, you guys tell me if you disagree, certainly knows who owns their team. But I'm not sure that the average fan can name even half of the NFL owners. Uh, I agree with you, Miles. Everyone knows Jerry Jones. I would venture to say, but some would say, oh, you're biased, that Bob Kraft is certainly either would, number two. I would agree with that. Yeah, or even number one. Uh, we've, we've actually heard in recent years that Bob Kraft was maybe the most influential owner or before the league went after Tom Brady in Deflategate was at least the owner who was closest with Commissioner Roger Goodell. So, I'd ask you guys, and Miles, let's start with you. Uh, The owners of your team were actually, it's worth mentioning, the first to issue a public statement after Trump's comments at an Alabama rally two weeks ago. Yeah, so, um,
0: the owner of the Giants is the Mara family, Uh, It started with Wellington Mara, bought the team for, like, nothing back in the 20s. And uh, along with the Rooney family, who also own the Steelers, I would say are two of the more prominent, uh, or two, the, the two most prominent family ownership structures. Mm. I think a lot of NFL fans know about the Packers structure, where technically the, the I guess, the ticket holders own the team, but... Um, own,
1: quote-unquote. Yeah, sure. right, they
0: have a general manager. Any, anyway, um, so the Maras and the Rooneys, I think you could say, have the most, I don't know if political capital is the right way to say it, but they have a certain approach to operating the franchise that I think emboldened or not so much emboldened, but encouraged John Mayer to come out and say, you know, these are divisive comments. We don't stand. You know, we don't we don't agree with what President Trump said on Friday night. Um, and I think that, you know, football's a an interesting sport in that you do have these longstanding Uh, family ownership structures, you know, the Wilsons with Buffalo for a long time. Uh, Kraft is basically now kind of in that sort of structure. Oh, sure.
1: Jonathan Kraft is really the day-to-day operator. The the Kraft
0: family business is now essentially the Patriots, the way that the Mara family business is basically the Giants. Um, If you want to talk about other owners who clearly have uh, business action here, right? You think Stan Kroenke first, right? He's got the huge spot out in Englewood where he moved the Rams from St. Louis. They're now the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. He though, convinced the San Diego Chargers to come yeah. up uh, up the highway a little bit to be, to move into his new stadium. The NFL's going to have a big space there. They're going to have NFL Network Studios. So I think Stan Kroenke's probably a big in terms of just, you know, crass business person ownership. Um, but the Maras are... Uh, again, I think that they represent something that the NFL believes it represents. Uh,
2: so Jerry Jones clearly at this point stands as a Trump ally in the NFL. Uh, we've had these sort of diplomatically worded statements by a few of the other owners, such as the Maras. Cautious. Yes, uh, you know, like the Maras actually arguably they're, 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 were more they're, edgy. Kind of, they're kind of saying, "This is our business. We know our business." Uh, we don't really need anybody telling us how to run our business. We, you know, we support our players, whatever. Um, what we don't have yet in the NFL is a Bob Corker who is flat out standing up to Trump and saying, get out of our business. Get out of football, man. You have no, you have no place here. This is for football fans. Now, I don't, I'm not necessarily sure anybody like that will materialize. It would be quite refreshing if somebody said, you know, we got it. Uh, this, we know this is a little bit messy, but it's okay. We've been through things like this before, and we know how to run our business. Back off. I'd like to see that frankly Um, and uh, I wonder if part of the part of what might happen here you know what I hope kind of hope happens I mean my view of the protest is I don't interpret the protests as insulting the flag Um, I just don't see it that way Uh, so that's why I they don't bother me that much I hope uh, people stop going to games and prices fall I might actually be able to snap (laughs) up some tickets that I wouldn't otherwise be able to afford (laughs) and I don't mind that it's messy Uh, you know the NFL is a cultural institution And we got a lot of upheaval in American culture right now. The NFL is reflecting upheaval that's happening in real society. And you could argue that that's actually appropriate.
1: Well, and actually, this is what's so new. I'm glad you used the word messy. The NFL, as we know, for years now, you could say that starting with the Ray Rice domestic violence issue and and major criticism of the NFL's... um, Discipline policies Weak response Yeah (laughs) You could say that all this changed You know a few years ago Starting with that And that it's been all negative for a while But before then I would say the NFL Of all the American pro leagues Was the most uh, clean cut Or at least tries to be Uh, Everyone knows that internally Roger Goodell's You know favorite motto Is protect the shield Uh, They love to say Integrity of the game Protect the integrity of the game So it was a league That cared And still cares Inordinately Much About its image about how it looks, about how its players act, about being clean around the edges, uh, neutral, not political. And so that's changing and it's beyond its control. I mean, look, the, uh, the NFL is a business like every
2: other business. It exists to make money first and foremost, and that's, we know it makes money at the team level. Um, and it is everything else after that. And their business models to me seems to be, look, we know we, we tangle with cultural issues as part of our business, just the way uh, Hollywood does, for example, just the way Walmart does when people want to boycott it for everything under the sun. You know, any kind of consumer brand just ha- has gotten used to being targeted in this way because people use it. Uh, you know, to achieve various political ends from time to time. The NFL, to me, seems to uh, sort of have a, fir- you know, let's, let's just gauge reaction for a while. And the owners are um, kind of uh, accustomed to doing nothing until they have to do
1: something. Exactly right. And, and let's stick, actually, Rick, with what you said about how, for now, even though some teams have issued cautious statements, no owner has really directly stood up to what's happening with President Trump making political hay. Out of the NFL, no owner has come out and said, "Stop this!" and vociferously said, "You know, you are distracting from our game, and you're ruining it. And just get out of here. You know, you are not a team owner. Stop tweeting about us." No one has said that. They're afraid to. Uh, and it's it's worth mentioning. I actually think Miles's point about the Maras and, and actually the, the Steelers owners, the Roonies, is relevant in in terms of most of the NFL teams are family-owned businesses that have been in the same family for years. I could throw out the Glazers. Uh, who owned the Bucks and also owned Manchester United. By the way, many of them own other sports teams as well. Uh, you've got Paul Allen, who owns two teams. Uh, you've also got the Pagulas who own the Bills, and also the Buffalo Sabres, the hockey team. So it's all families. But then there are a few exceptions. And notably, as we talk about what's going on with the protests, uh, it's worth mentioning Shahid Khan. That's the Jacksonville Jaguars owner, first on that big weekend that, where everyone linked arms to stand in his suit, and it was quite a photo, and link arms with his players. And some of the Jaguars players continue to kneel. Uh, Here's a headline from just today on a Florida politics website. Jacksonville loves Shad Khan, even as Republicans cool on the Jaguars. So you're starting to see more of this push and pull where, politically, many fans don't like that players of certain teams continue to kneel, and they don't like that the teams are allowing it. But then you've also got fans that love uh, the owner for being outspoken and innovative. So as we talk about which owners have the most power, do you see it shifting in the next few years? And it's worth mentioning that a few teams even are likely to have ownership changes soon. The Titans, uh, a couple others have changes coming.
2: I see no reason why power should shift away from the owners. Um what would force that to happen? I mean uh, you know this is the, we all know this is a club it's yep. an elite club. Cadell works for the owners it's yes. worth mentioning uh, a lot of
1: fans don't understand that
2: right um, and he does what he does what they want him to do which is he absorbs all the shocks <laughs> He's there he's the giant shock absorber right uh, and he is well paid for that job.
0: <laughs> um, no I don't think I don't see anything changing and I'm not sure why it would Miles? So the, the, the notion that the, that the owners and that the league um, you know whether you want to make it, uh, owners versus players or owners versus Trump have kind of this position of apps or owners versus consumers even, right, that the league will be fine no matter what. Um, I don't know. There's just something... I, I think it's, it's, it, it's hard to articulate exactly what, to me, feels off about the league and the league's future and the fact that it will... You know, this idea that it would continue to indefinitely be sort of insulated from these external pressures, um, you know, causing a problem with their product. Like it, it shouldn't take, in my estimation, that many players on a bye week talking together, saying, you know what, this is we're, we're done with this. Right. We're done being bullied by our owners who are being bullied by the president. We're members of the union. We'll go to our union rep and say. You know 30 of us are sitting you want to cancel so, the game cancel the game and i'm not saying that this will definitely happen i just don't see why this would be such an outside possibility all these things are in place for the league's current power structure right. to sort of erode but, but i think they are not being bullied by the owners yet oh, I think, see i think they are, i think the jerry jones well thing jerry jones changes that. is
2: jerry jones is the first to stand up and yeah. say it but again uh it looks as if they had worked out the so the answer to the problem before that he took a stand on the problem because these players all stand already right so i think that's what the owners are doing the owners may actually even sense that maybe if the players did organize they would have more power than a few kneeling here and a few kneeling there which is why they are basically for the most part tolerating whatever the players want to do um and you know one of the other things about this is uh to a lot of people watching this it's not clear what the heck they're even protesting? I mean, absolutely, they're kneeling, but not many players are actually very articulate on this. I well, the message say, has been blurred. Yeah, I would actually say Kaepernick has uh, is articulate about what he what what motivates him, but I there there are, I have not heard very many other players make just a good case for what we're doing.
1: Well, two things there that you bring up. Uh You mentioned we were talking about whether an owner would really speak out, and you mentioned players, and uh, just. Yesterday, or, or over the weekend, 49ers player Eric Reed uh, talked about Mike Pence walking out of the game and tweeting about it and said, this is what systemic oppression looks like, and called it a stunt.
2: Does anybody know what that means, systemic oppression? Well, I mean, oppression like, meaning a oh, I, I person what, at the I, highest look, level
1: look, of government
2: commenting I get it. I know what it means, but do yeah. fa- it, what kind of, are fans going to react to that? Because no, fans don't relate to you know, a stiff old white guy like Mike Pence walking out of a football game. they're like, well, whatever, yes, they, he didn't yes, get to any No, I think the they, many of them yes, are relating do. to Yes, it. they do. I think many that, of them responded, they, yes, they, agree, they're
1: yeah. disrespecting our flag. Go Pence. Most people are already gone. That's the. That's the. No, no that, that, I don't that, think they that's, are that's gone. That. I think they're they're lying about it. Those so people are there. People those people media, are there for yes. like to see Pence. They do say that. I'm boycotting, and, say, and they're right. not really. No, they're you not. really think that that a large number of the people who claim they're boycotting the league because they're outraged about protests are actually watching zero football? I don't know. Uh, that I think that's the question we're waiting for
2: the answer to, yeah. isn't it? When that's yep. going to show up in the numbers and the ratings, and then in the you know when, when revenue gets renegotiated and so forth. Um, I th- probably not, um, but I also think that a lot of people who are outraged about the players don't watch football in the first place. They're not right. put, they're not it's necessarily football fans. So. Sure. Um, You know we did one survey uh and you know what we first tried to do is separate out people who say they are pro football fans from those who are not we did get a large percentage 62 percent said they uh, were going to watch less football on tv as a result of this whole uh whole uh controversy and if that's true if people are telling the truth and that sticks that would that would represent a big problem for the nfl but i i you know we all see we all have our uh, suspicions that this just, you know, people will not, you know, they'll do it for a couple of weeks, but when it starts to get cold outside and it's Thanksgiving week and football's part of the tradition, they're going to sure. watch football. And there's so many and, polls and, you and know, surveys. And then and come the playoffs, I mean, come on, like, is are the well, ratings are the ratings for the Super Bowl really going to be down this year? Right, depends well, the Super who's Bowl in the game. is it Depends is who plays, but yeah. yeah. Well
0: Yeah, I mean, just very quickly on the Super Bowl point, thinking about the, the business of the league, the Super Bowl became a cultural event. I don't know, when would you say it became, a like, the event of the the winter uh super bowl nine when the Steelers won their first Super Bowl <laughs> in 1974 so, okay so I think it was probably sometime in the 80s or 90s
2: uh, Joe Namath okay. you know in the early yeah. Super Bowls I mean it was pretty big right off the bat but you know all pro sports you know it's, it's also that's also part of the explosion of TV right. Right, not just not just sports.
0: Right, so I, I think what's what's been interesting in the last let's say fifteen years of the league has been a in my view a a kind of a conflation with the importance of the Super Bowl and the importance of the league, and I mm. think the Super Bowl could still get one hundred twenty million yes. people, even regardless of football's overall, regular season. Overall relevance of the yep. league continues to decline, um, and I think just what's interesting about the the notion that a lot of people are going to be boycotting the NFL, uh, you know, to to both your guys' points, were those folks really watching the NFL to begin with, or are they just thrilled uh to be able to say that they are taking a stand against power and, and all these other so sorts of things. let's just think about the super bowl for a minute it seems like a good bet that some players
2: will kneel during the national anthem at the super bowl Ooh, that's a good well okay. will the and players you know, on trump, those teams and you, make it and more? you know that is trump is just salivating over that one right because it, now it's a giant event and he can just piss he'll off probably even, go he can piss off even more people oh he'll probably go and then walk out
1: now, I want to bring us back to Colin Kaepernick, uh, whom, whom you brought up, Rick, and we kind of we have to hit that, especially because there's no topic that right now more brings together the protests, Trump and the owners, because the ongoing story at the beginning of the season was, will anyone sign Colin Kaepernick? And I think as preseason developed, people wondered, would he get a team? Would he get a team? And then the season started and it was pretty clear, no. And that's the end of it. But people still wonder, oh, every time a team has an opening, a a quarterback gets injured, they need a new backup, will they sign Kaepernick? And boy, I'm ready to to seal the envelope on it and say, no, no one's going to sign him this season. That's it. He might never play again.
2: Well, it looks as if the Pittsburgh Steelers need a new quarterback. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger seems to have checked out for the season so uh, maybe Mike Tomlin and the Rooney family will hire hire Colin Kaepernick but doubt it uh, yeah the odds seem to be uh, rising by the week that his NFL career is over because it's now a litmus test hiring Kaepernick would be a litmus test no owner at this point could convinceably say we just need the talent even though that might be that might be true
0: so he'll never play in the NFL again I think that's pretty clear but as long as he continues to publicly state that he's training and wants to play in the NFL you know, I, I think that he can kind of be Trumpian in the sense that his end game is merely to just keep talking about how he keep, wants to keep playing in the NFL. And he's, what, 28? He can continue to train every day and throw all the time and look NFL ready for three more years. And who knows where the story goes in three more years. So I think, much in the same way that Trump's you know, quote unquote end game is just to continue railing against the NFL because it's easy and they always yes. give him something to talk about, Kaepernick's end game. Uh, at this, as far as I can tell, ought to just be continue to act like you want to play in the NFL appear NFL ready. It's clear that he has the talent to play in the NFL. I mean, he's a tremendous athlete um, and that keeps him in the conversation and it's not like players coming up into the league are going to just forget about this issue. I mean, I don't think the issue of what to do for the anthem, what does the anthem stand for, how do players want to fit themselves into a broader conversation about race in America, given that they're some of the most prominent young black men that we have in this country. I don't think that issue is going to go away, and Colin Colin Kaepernick's role in that is effectively to just say, you know, I stand ready to serve as an NFL quarterback right. and as a spokesperson uh, for this effort. And then other folks will likely take up the mantle for him.
2: I'm going to say I'm going to give a 30 percent to 40 percent likelihood Kaepernick does play in the NFL again uh, for a couple of reasons. First, um, there will some team will end up needing exactly that kind of player. And is, is you already have, though, uh, de- you know, it could become desperate. Like what if it's a playoff situation? um you know we need to win the last three games of the season and our quarterback just went down is every nfl owner so spineless that they wouldn't hire the best man for the job yes maybe yes maybe okay the other thing that could happen is um trump's standing with the public could change Um, and you know trump is courting disaster on about 17 different fronts at this point (laughs) and trump could do something even worse or it could just be a confluence of factors Uh, in you know politically or if tax if he cannot get a tax reform bill for for example uh, and everybody who supported him just said I give up like this guy can't get anything done if something terrible happens uh, in some kind of military situation uh, Trump's standing could easily decline from where it is now which is not very high to start with in which case in which case Trump just loses standing and it becomes easier to hire uh, Colin Kaepernick and that might happen
1: next year or the year after Let's wrap up this way, and of course it's, it's hard to, you know, okay, sum it all up in a sentence, but as we look toward the future for the NFL, the next few years, so many different factors contributing to the possibility, at least the possibility, that the NFL loses its standing as the top prime sports property in America. There's the fragmentation of cable and, and the increase of cord cutting. And as Miles and I love to discuss, many people now, forget politics, but They'd rather watch a show on HBO Go or Netflix than watch a a bad Thursday night NFL game. There's that. Now there's the political aspect. We'll see how long that lasts. Now there's President Trump tweeting angrily about the NFL. We'll see how long that lasts. Uh, But with all of this considered, what do you see happening in the next three to five years for the NFL, especially compared to the other sports options that American sports fans have?
2: I think the NFL has so much headroom in terms of uh popularity ratings and money that it can afford to come down it can afford to come down i mean if any organization in the united states can afford to come down it's the nfl and if it has to settle like i said before 10 percent, 20 percent less revenue it'll
0: still be a fascinating sport i think there's no question that the cultural uh, and media landscape in america is becoming more fractured and will continue to become more fractured and to rick's point along with that will come a less a less dominant position for the NFL perhaps but I don't think that will necessarily make its business bad or make its business you know worth materially less than it is right now Um, But the MLB is a great example of it's more of a niche sport and it thrives in that niche. The NFL is probably going to go that way. We're talking about cord cutting that sends everyone off into their own little domain, their own little silo. And so perhaps the cultural primacy of the NFL as the number one thing we all come together for goes away. But it probably leaves its business um, in a place that is workable for the owners. What if it becomes the number two place we go for cultural primacy. Right. MSNBC is the other one, right? And <laughs> CNN
1: and Fox News. Right? Uh,
2: you know what? So, Dan, you need, to, you need to write a big story about how everyone's going to start watching
1: soccer now. I think it's actually college football that's going to benefit, believe it or not. Now, I'm not saying college doesn't have the same issues in terms of head injuries, but I think a lot of people who are getting turned off by the NFL are turning their attention toward college. I just think that
0: these cultural institutions that we all agree are the top are are gone right our favorite reality television is the white house right now and i just think and i just don't think that trend's gonna go away and however it manifests itself it will likely manifest itself in a smaller and less uh sort of overwhelming nfl
1: look at espn too great example uh, as attention goes elsewhere people thought espn would be tops 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 forever cultures change
2: whether you survive depends on how well you adapt
1: Okay, that was Rick Newman and Miles Udland, my colleagues here at Yahoo Finance and fellow football fans. And speaking of football fans, I think a good way to wrap this up is to wonder about when, why, and what uh, might change the NFL's standing among Americans in general. Uh, You heard us get into a discussion of the Super Bowl, and I thought Miles made a good point that really the Super Bowl's popularity and its status as a cultural event is almost separate from the NFL regular season. Certainly, people all over the country gather to watch the Super Bowl, many of whom didn't watch a single game during the season. And no other league enjoys that. Uh, there are people who, I, I know many of them, have no negative views toward baseball, but they don't watch any baseball games, and they don't watch the World Series. Uh, boy, we know there are many people who call themselves sports fans, and they don't watch a, a lick of the Stanley Cup in the NHL. And there are people who ignore the NBA Finals, although the NBA has also grown in popularity. So the question is, might the NFL's standing change? What would challenge it? And we've talked about a lot of these business factors. We've talked about changing consumption. But I think you also have to, have to get a little philosophical here. Uh, football has risen to popularity in America, yes, thanks to the NFL, thanks to an uh, effective job of marketing it, of, of really, I, I would say, pushing it down our throats all year round. Uh, a $14 billion league, the merchandise sales. Uh, you heard Barstool Sports CEO Erica Nardini in the first episode of this podcast saying that all of it amounts to noise, blah, 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 all the narratives about football losing steam because, boy, if you saw the fans at the draft, that's what she said, uh, Their their raucous, obsessive fandom. And I think that's true, that the NFL just doesn't Uh, have a rival when it comes to the fervor that it generates and demands in America. And I just don't see that changing in the near future. I really don't. It's possible, and certainly it is going to have strong headwinds against it. But again, to get a little introspective, the reason that people love the NFL, yes, they have a team, yes, they have hometown pride. Uh, Yes, they like the personalities of the players, but they also love watching football. Uh, At some point along the way, football, the actual game, the mechanics of this sport, that became the favored, most popular sport to watch. And I know that I have positive, wonderful feelings personally toward baseball. I just kind of feel like it's an underdog right now. I like baseball. I want it to do well. But I'm not going to lie, football is the most compelling sport to watch for me on TV. And it's the most compelling sport to watch live in person. It's the best sport. It's the one I'm most interested in. And yes, I'm annoyed by various things that the league does. Yes, I worry about head injuries. We all do. I think it's an extremely dangerous game. I I think they need to do more. I'm worried when I see a player get a really hard hit in the head and they're lying there and they haven't gotten up. It's terrible. It's scary. But I'm not going to stop watching. And I don't think many people will stop watching. But for the most part, people who loved the NFL 10 years ago and love watching every game that their team plays are still watching every game their team plays. The ratings overall have taken a slight dip, a slight dip. But as Rick Newman said, the NFL has some room to fall. The NFL could see a sustained ratings drop over the next few seasons and still be the number one sports property in America. So when we talk about the business of football, the business is booming. It really is. There are headwinds, there are factors that are maybe bringing dings, you know? There, there are factors that are lessening it slightly, inch by inch. But the business of football is strong right now, like it or not. So that's where we are, and we will continue to monitor it, that's for sure. Uh, keep listening, keep finding us, uh, check out our stories, as always. Respond to me. Find me on Twitter. uh, Comment on my articles. Email me. If you're angry, I want to hear why. Let's talk about it. I will respond and uh, stick with Yahoo Finance for continued coverage of the convergence of sports and money. Always. Thanks for listening. Bye.